0: This week on the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, a brewery offers a reward to find their stolen van. We talk about the SAT Adversity Score and our special guest, Gary Moore, flying instructor and commercial private pilot. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Whereas two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckles Studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right. I am talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know one best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention, Dark Phoenix of the Universe, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Mojo!
1: Let's see here. Episode 101. 101, 101. 101 Dalmatians. Lesson 101. When you're 42, never trust a fart. God bless. Pass that along.
0: Can I tell you that you could not have spoken wiser words, my friend. <laughs> I did that the other day, and I made a regret.
1: I, I never roll the dice anymore. No. Never.
0: I mentioned Dark Phoenix. That's what's <clears> on your Hardy's Cup. Is there? There's a new movie coming out?
1: I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I'm too cheap to go to the movie theater because, you know, it's just about as cheap to go to an NFL football game <laughs> to, than to uh, go to the movie. So sure. I, don't, I don't do that anymore. Anyway, hey, appreciate you guys listening in. Like I said, this is episode 101. Appreciate the ones that are going out there and blowing up our back catalog of uh, episodes. We Yay, I see a lot of a lot of people going back through the, the previous episodes and, and checking those out and enjoying them. I hope uh, you can reach us on our Facebook page at Southern Fry Philosophy. Our website is southernfryphilosophy.com. You can actually play our our, our uh, audio from those from our links there on, on the website. Uh, you can inter- interact with us there, send us a message. Uh, we are work friendly um, for most of the part, I guess. Maybe politics decide, but we're, we're, we're very work-friendly. Um, also, you, you can check us out on uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Buzzsprout, if you want to get a link there directly mm-hmm. from Buzzsprout, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, evidently, there's some app called Pocket Cast. That's, oh, uh, yeah. So I've, I've been seeing a lot of users on Pocket Cast. That's
0: a good app, <clears throat> and we don't get paid for, for mentioning that, but that is one of the only uh, ones that I know of that will show producer Brian's pictures okay cool and whatnot cool. and do markers and all that it costs i think 399 hmm. but it's well worth it just to see his pictures because he posts some funny ones on the that's <laughs> <Yes>, right <laughs> he does
1: yeah, so you can check us out on those any of those podcast uh, apps uh if you can just go give us a like a subscribe a review uh the reviews are mainly the big thing especially with the itunes um itunes loves to see their the ratings and mm-hmm. reviews because that's how you move move up in the old algorithm algorithms I can't talk today. <laughs> um, so yeah, really? do that. Um, you can find us on S, uh, Twitter's and Instagram, at SFP radio, mm-hmm. our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash, forward slash SFP radio. Also our Patreon link.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I say all the time, it is free to you, but it is not free to us. We do incur some expenses. We want to um, say thank you to all, all of our Patreon subscribers and Please, please, please join the family. We want to do some things. We want to get some microphones so we can head out, do some really cool things out and about and not just stuck in the studio here. So if you could please help us out, go to our patreon link, patreon.com forward/sFP radio and you can join um, join the family there. Uh, we want to give a shout out to some of our new listeners at Maple Shade Township, New Jersey. Now that sounds like a lovely place, Maple Shade Township.
1: Uh, is that I, a retirement home?
0: I feel like it could be a retirement I'm home, I'm okay though. with that. That would be nice, though. Yeah, I could is, I could get down We some we maple may have shade. To, We
1: may have to Google Earth uh, maple <laughs> shade Jersey just to see. Because, you know, when I think of Jersey, I think of uh, Yonkers. Or that's, that's actually in New York. But I think of just... Mm. The the bad parts of Jersey, I bet too. So I, differ, <laughs> I never think of what I, actually the state is. You know, they call called the Garden States. So I mean, I've never think of the greenery or anything like that. I think of just that industrial uh, apocalypse. Of, you know, sure. the form of industry there,
0: or just all the cemeteries for all the dead people, where all the New Yorkers killed. <laughs> well, the, the good gangsters, thing, the,
1: Well, the good thing is you know. uh, Governor Inslee just signed into law today in Oregon, and I'm sure it'll probably come to other states where mm. they, you can actually compost a human body now. <laughs>
0: Yeah. We're just getting violent, aren't we? It's going to be
1: green. (laughs) Saving the earth. Speaking of, uh, another new listener from
0: Inman, South Carolina. Sounds painful. Inman, South Carolina. Actually,
1: Inman's about an hour and a half south of here. How about you?
0: Just right down the road. And then Buckhannon, West Virginia. So evidently your exploits over there in West Virginia might be paying off.
1: How about that? I I do love me some West Virginia, especially the – Nitro Cross Lanes area outside of Charleston with the mm-hmm. casino. I uh, was a frequent flyer there, but business is too busy right now. Mm.
0: 7-Eleven, even backdo little Joe. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also did a question of the week uh, a long time ago. Here's one from Mark Mills. Why are there interstates in Hawaii? Interstates in Hawaii
1: yeah, I'm sure it's, I'm sure there's a logical explanation for what an interstate actually is. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. While we believe uh,
0: Hawaii's interstate system was created for the sole purpose of annoying the late George Carlin, the name is actually a misnomer. Not all interstates physically go from one state to another. The name merely implies that the roads receive federal funding.
1: There you But, go. you know, the, the words we use sometimes, you know, I don't know if you remember the old comedian Gallagher. Mm, oh, yeah, you know, the, guy the was, watermelon yeah, smash. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he had a, a little bit about uh, why do they call apartments apartments when they're actually right. together? Yeah. Right? Why do they call a parkway? Why do you drive on the parkway and, and park on the driveway?
0: Yeah. I love those I things. Mean, yeah, you can't I can't mean, get enough of them. Yeah.
1: I mean, why, why, why do our words not mean exactly, you know, what they say? Mm-hmm. So, I. I Inter, I guess interstate would be a great example of that. The
0: other, another example is I couldn't care less. Mm. Actually, you it's you could care less. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's there's all kinds of phrases and words mm. like that. Irregardless, is, yeah. one, <laughs> is one of them.
0: Boy, I've said that enough, Then I realized, hey, buddy, you're not like four. You uh, need to look that up.
1: What what, dri- what drives my old lady uh, nuts is when people misspell lose.
0: Oh. O-O-S-E. Yeah,
1: loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I did that for years, yeah. and she would correct me. Finally, I, It finally st- stuck, I guess, in my typing. So mm. there's a lot of those or, things out there. you know,
0: Duke lost enough that you figured it out. <laughs> ah! they, they loosed enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to ask you, like I ask you every week, Mojo, how
1: you be doing? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, just, you know, getting geared up for the summer heat uh, oh. that's coming through. Hey, and, buddy. And, uh, you know, all the people that complained it was too cold will now be complaining that it's too hot. Sure. Um, I'm one of those.
0: <laughs> I never complained that it was too hot or too cold. It's just always too hot.
1: I hear you. I hear you. Just,
0: I sweat so much.
1: Well, I do, too. And <laughs> I, I don't mind it. But, um, you know, I guess, you like you said, you can only take off so much, which you can always add on. Sure. When lot, you're a
0: big and you can't take right. off too much. I'm going to actually try that Axe body spray mm-hmm. that, quote, scientifically... Brings your body temperature down eleven degrees. I'm <laughs> eleven try it. degrees. That's what it says. That's almost
1: like hypothermia.
0: Look, good lord, I'd, I'd be willing to try it.
1: Wow, don't yeah, don't put that on in in the middle of the uh, polar vortex or whatever. Sure, because then you know your body temperature would be like you know sixty or something like that, which is te- yeah. technically dead. So
0: also, just a heads up to our listeners: um, go easy if you're going to you know go out the summer. You know, start running and walking and being more active. Um, be careful on how much icy hot you use. Ooh. I'm not saying for my own experience, but um hey buddy, you gotta be careful with that <laughs> stuff.
1: Especially where it goes.
0: Especially where it goes. Yeah. And especially where you touch after you've applied such icy hot.
1: Yeah, you never like uh I remember one time I had a lower <laughs> back problem mm. and I applied the icy hot right in sure. my lower back. Yeah. Well, after several hours outside doing yard work, I, therefore, uh, the said icy hot started to sweat and, and sure. run down my rear end crack. Hey, buddy. So, yeah. What a funny feeling that is. Or,
0: um, you know, you put some on your knee and then you, you know, forget and you itch a certain place of your body. Mm-hmm. I used, have, that,
1: I used to I used to have new cooks would do that while they're like dicing up jalapenos or whatever and then Ooh. go to the bathroom, rub oh, their eye or no. you know, go use the restroom and yeah. you, oh. hear, you hear the uh, ah,
0: I Chihuahua. Yeah. That?
1: <laughs> something like that. Even even the most uh, prof, uh, proficient American with you know with perfect English would be, would yell I, <laughs> I Chihuahua or I karumba. So
0: right. Um, we enjoyed your your daughter's birthday party this past week. That was, that was yeah, quite fun.
1: I, that was probably the, well, besides me being in the doghouse, but, okay. um, that was probably the most stress-free birthday we've had for either one of our kids in years. So yeah. That, that was great. Here
0: was the handle for us is we got, uh, your daughter's invitation and it was at, uh, this past Saturday. And then we got another kid's birthday invitation also for this Saturday in my head. I'm like, Oh heck no, I'm not doing two birthday parties. But we start looking side by side, and they're the exact same place at the same exact time. I'm like, hot dang, this yeah. is perfect.
1: We timed that.
0: It was perfect. So we were able to uh, to go to, to the spare spare, spare time. Yeah,
1: spare time bowling alleys over, in, yeah. if you're in our neck of the woods, it's called uh, Huntersville's area. Mm. And, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, did a great job. The the uh, hostess they assigned to our party was named Bianca. She was a little cutie and did a phenomenal job, mm-hmm. you know, keeping up with. She did a great yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, she did. She was running all over the place and
0: taking care of the kids, <laughs> coming to take care of us. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, all, if all, all the people we had there, I mean, it broke down to be like five bucks a person. I think is what I estimated the cost for real. Yeah. So oh they included the bowling. The Laser tag the games and holy you know, cow, that pizza! So
0: I had no idea.
1: Yeah, it was actually. It,
0: I'm it, gonna go just go there and have a party for me.
1: <laughs> there you go, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the you know, surprisingly, you know, their pizza was not bad, not it, bad. It, it, was, it was not you know, Chuck E. Cheese crap pizza, right? It was an know. upgrade. Yeah, um, the beer was cold. We had a few yeah. beers and met some interesting people, so it was a good time. Yeah, uh,
0: my foster kid, um. Squishy the redheaded rascal. He went to and he he went to the arcade and he got a giant ball. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, or I did not. see that, yeah. It's a giant ball. Uh bouncy ball had like it was knobby on a little one nubs side. On it. Yeah. yeah. He fell in love with this ball, thought it was the greatest thing ever, was sitting on it, would play on it, wake up in the morning, you hear it in the hallway. <laughs> All right,
2: right. Oh, and I was like, Oh Lord.
0: Uh and then the other yesterday Uh, I was grilling out. We had some folks over. I was grilling some hot dogs, Mm -hmm. and he threw it up to me on the deck, on the back deck, and I wasn't even thinking, and I had the spatula in my hand and hit it. I've never seen a kid go from the happiest I'm at Walt Disney World to you just killed my puppy.
1: You strangled a puppy underwater. Wow.
0: It was devastating.
1: Now you got to go back and win. some games yeah. to get that ball. Yeah, so now
0: I've got a phone call in to spare time to see if <laughs> how much one of those balls will cost. <laughs> well, if you come
1: in and buy it straight out, it's like $8. If you come play the games, it's probably about 37 So
0: Yeah, so uh, I think I'll take the $8 and drive all the way to Huntersville <laughs> and enjoy that. Um, it's also uh, Christmas Eve for me. I get a new phone uh, coming in. I'll do yep. a review and talk about that next week. But the one plus seven, so I'm all giddy
1: like a little schoolgirl. You're, you're big into the tech stuff, so. I, and
0: I used to be worse. Oh like really? Now the new phone is like that's great. You know I'm excited about it. I've, I've using I'm using my dad's loaner, which is eight year old phone. Oh wow! Um, and, but um,
1: does it flip? Does it flip up and have a keyboard? It can <laughs> if, if you try hard enough. Uh,
0: <laughs> but uh, I am excited, so I'll do a review on it next week. So we're excited about that
1: it, phone. The whole new phone deal just. It, chaps my ass i'm gonna be straight up with sure you. because you know like i'm with at&t been with mm-hmm. at&t probably for 15 years now and you have to go in you can't buy a phone right out you mm-hmm. have to do that month month to month, month plan month. yeah and of course phones now are you know so stinking expensive that yeah. uh, i mean you're paying for these things for 24 18 24 36 months i yeah. mean when's the last time you ever had a phone for three years i mean i've I think that uh, the max I've ever had is two years because I kill them. Yeah. So I just don't like that whole new setup they have.
0: Sure. And and I, I kept the last one I had for three years, so it's it's kind of up. But the one that I've got now is a, is a one plus, uh, and that's the name of the the phone maker. And what I love about them is you buy the phone outright. The only uh, carrier that they go through is uh, T Mobile, mm. uh, but you can put it on all the networks. And um, so you can just,
1: buy a jailbroken,
0: a jailbroke. It's yeah, you can just okay. put it on any network. You buy it outright, and then the great thing about it is they release a phone probably every six months, and you can trade in your old phones for a new one at a pretty reasonable really? discount. Really, so we'll talk about pricing next week. But yeah, you can buy a, a good one with a trade-in value for, you know, four hundred dollars. Hmm. So
1: interesting. I think that's the way to go. I wonder how much share. They'll take from Apple or you know Samsung or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. It's an Android phone, so it's not going to be like competing up against Apple. Yeah, but
1: there'll be people like me that I mean, I've been on Apple now so long, I I can't remember life without it. But (laughs) um, I I I would probably entertain just because it pisses me off. I have to Mm. go in and pay the. Yeah, I hate that. I'd rather just pay straight out, get it over with, and done. Yeah, it ain't no fun.
0: All right, so we're going to go into some wacky news brought to you by Webmerized. If you need a clean, crisp website, go check out our friends at Webmerized.com. That is WebMorized.com. All right, so our first story is coming out of actually Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, uh, A brewery offers free beer for info about a stolen van. Uh, police officers around the country may want to take note of what um, the unknown brewing company in Charlotte, North Carolina, is doing. They took to social media to ask for help in finding the company's delivery van after thieves stole it. In return for information, the company offered to throw a party for the person who first identifies where the van was located. They say, please help us share with all your friends. Whoever finds it will uh, brag on you and give you a cake party. Sure enough, more than a dozen tips came in and 42 minutes later, the truck was found.
1: How about <laughs> Wow. Uh yeah, I I, I guarantee you guarantee it probably would have taken days for the cops sure. to have solved 100%. this. 100%. Even even to get a detective out there to even interview it would have probably been days. Yeah. So, yep. wow, kudos Today. to social media. <laughs> See, there's yeah, that's the thing about social media. I I kind of loathe and despise it, mm-hmm. but then again, things like this where um some good happens out of it. Yeah. And the, who I'd like to meet the moron who stole the unknown brewing van. Because that van is uh, it's, it's dark black, and it has a neon green question mm-hmm. mark with unknown writing all over the side of it. Right. It, it, you might as well have you know, stolen a cop car with lights running.
0: <laughs> well, you probably will have a good chance because they are going to find uh, the person who, to help them find the van, they're going to give him a cake party. I would say not so much as found the van, but more like returned the van <laughs> that would be my thought. But, oh wait, I get free beer out of this? Let me turn the sucker around. Right.
1: And I think when they recovered the van they actually decided to go to social media again and actually sold the all the beer in the van for a quarter of a bottle. Oh really? Which, which that was not cool. in
0: the yeah. article. How about you? Well, probably,
1: well they, they probably had an insurance claim on it and received insurance funds for the stolen oh, booze. So they yeah. so probably just yeah, I think they donated the quarter to charity or something like that. Maybe. Well,
0: how about you? Um. All right. So our next one is you think you've had a bad, a bad day. Uh, this, the parents of a newborn baby left their kid in a taxi on the way home. Mm. Uh, and Hamburg police in Germany said on Monday that the couple got their one-year-old sibling out of the car, paid the driver, the taxi driver, and said goodbye. And they forgot that they left their own newborn baby kid in the taxi cab. <laughs> the uh the taxi driver drove away actually parked it in an underground garage went to lunch came back and then picked up another uh, uh another rider and then found the baby then at that point
1: good gracious there's so many so many morons in the story <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean you're the newborn parent you right. say, okay, I've got my kid out of the car, I've got the baby diaper bag out of the car. We'll just leave the kid there.
1: Hold on. Uh I know mom you've been carrying something in the front of your uh, in your your belly for nine months. Uh, you're now sure. missing that. Do you think where did that <laughs> Yeah.
0: They said that they that the driver quickly called the police after a quick check. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. I would too. There's
0: there's no report of what happened what the parents were doing. Uh <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. We did
1: forget that. There must have been some good drugs at the hospital that they gave her.
0: You think that kid's going to have abandonment issues already from day one?
1: My worry is the kid's going to get to be a month old, and they're going to leave (laughs) the baby somewhere else. I mean, because you're talking about the the cab driver was gone, ate lunch. Mm -hmm. I mean, so probably what, an hour, hour and a half maybe of time elapsed, and not, you know, one call came from, you know, the dispatch or whatever, yeah. trying to find out where he's at. So yeah. uh, maybe, maybe ha- Hamburg, Germany needs to do IQ tests for uh, awaiting parents. <laughs>
0: uh, our last story, uh, Pennsylvania high school administrators are suspended after a senior prank that involves live chickens, toilet paper, wreaks havoc. Now, when I read that article, the headline, I thought to myself, oh, boy, this is involving live chickens. This should be good. Evidently, in, and I don't know how to say this, Chickalemini uh, School District in North Cumberland, PA, they allow their high school students to do senior pranks with the administrators around. Evidently, two of those administrators just said, Here's the keys, kids, go at it, enjoy it. Uh, Friday morning, uh, when they came into school, the hallways were littered with toilet paper, desks were flipped. Paperwork was destroyed, and two live chickens were running through the classrooms, and the teachers weren't pleased. Um, so, I ask you, what was the worst senior prank that either A, you have heard of, or that you participated in yourself?
1: Senior prank. Um, or
0: just any prank.
1: Well, senior prank, you know, we. Uh, we stole, we had a rival team. We stole mm-hmm. that mascot. They had a, a live. Oh, no. Uh, uh, what was it now? I think it was a rooster or something like that. We actually <laughs> stole that rooster during, you know, that was one of the pranks. Um, <laughs> you know, we went over there and like used temporary paint on the posting school. Oh, wow. Know, like their mascot out front. Uh, one of the best pranks was our, our fraternity I was in for a minute okay um because I got kicked out of school sure. um we threw a golf cart inside the uh, the the guards golf cart you know mm-hmm. the right around the oh, university yeah, yeah. we threw the uh the golf cart to the fountain oh um then we also did uh several boxes of laundry detergent in that fountain too so oh, just my like goodness. Bu- bubbles you know bubbles upon bubbles
0: so. oh my goodness uh the high school one that we uh, did was we had a large truck of manure dumped in front of the front gate of the school. Mm. So that was a pleasant smell. That did eventually backfire at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon in Florida when all of us were smelling the poop smell (laughs) in the hallways. We thought to ourselves, well, that Mm. was not a good idea. Uh, The other thing that we, and this was not a school prank, but we had, uh, my my college dorm was uh, an old converted hotel. And So the doors all opened inwards, but we we got you know those um, the fire stoker things you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. open up and then you push. Well, we we got that fill and filled it with um, uh, ink, dry toner paper, uh, dry ink.
1: Yeah, Yeah, right.
0: And then and did it real fast so that it all flew out. But the closets, it was like an old hotel, so all the closets were right by the door. So one kid's clothes just got covered in paper or print toner and he like destroyed his entire uh wardrobe it was not i felt bad after that one
1: well i'm not proud of this one uh-huh. um but in the dorms mm-hmm. um we had a, a kid who uh went home for the weekend oh no and several of us broke into his room mm. and um uh <laughs> Took recycle recycled dormitory food. Uh, <laughs> oh no! We uh, put it to go boxes and left it in his room. Oh we tur- no! Turn his heater <sighs> on high, and then you know uh, just let it crank all weekend. Oh. But the bad problem also with that is is that it, it comes through the cracks sh- and you can smell it. They had to repaint the room. The- after that cuz it like seeped oh. least into the walls. So also my mm. other favorite one is if you could take like an old barbasol or uh, uh, shaving cream can, uh-huh. freeze it and you can actually cut it in half. Huh. And you toss it in someone's room and then once it starts to thaw, all the foam <laughs> <laughs> you Does can it, do that.
0: Is it like the crescent roll uh Pillsbury crescent rolls when you push the edge and it pops open? Yeah, but,
1: like, but that? yeah kinda like that. Yeah, kind of like that. yeah.
0: The other one was we uh, – there was a guy named Frank, um, and we did we did a thing called BYOM. It was bring your own meat, mm-hmm. and everybody would just – we'd have a giant grill, and people would just bring whatever they want. Well, that night was his birthday, and so we all hid in his room, and when he came in to get his stuff for BYOM, we tackled him, put a thing over his head, stripped him completely naked, uh, except his boxers. He had his boxers on then duct taped his hands behind him, hogtied him, threw him in the back of a truck, went down to the local Walmart and put—this was when they had payphones put 50 cents on the side, blindfolded him, no less, and then said—slapped uh, him on the rear and said, there you go. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so Frank had to walk across the parking lot to get to Walmart in his boxers with 50 cents in his hand Uh, So that he could call somebody. When we got back to the dorm, we saw the police, and this was a small town. We saw the police just going by. We're heading to the Walmart, and we're like, "Uh oh, Uh, we're in trouble, kids." So that was that was a good time. Sorry, Frank.
1: I'm trying to think. You can actually, for kids out there listening, I'm trying to tell my daughter this. I'm trying to get her prepared. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can also, if someone you don't like, mm-hmm. if you know, open the door to their dorm room or bedroom. Or mm-hmm. Just take, you know, an old manila folder, staple okay. the sides up, fill All it with right. shaving cream. Oh, yeah. And then you just slide it underneath the door, crack and stomp on yeah. it.
0: Yeah. That was kind of the same thing yep. we were doing with the fireplace yep. stoker. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. I got so many other ones.
0: Or uh, trash cans filled with water, mm. leaning up against the door, knock on them. And, oh, yeah. Hey, buddy, that caused a little flood. Yeah. Once that's or right. Twice. But I was awful in college. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I did not mean to do that.
1: Actually, we, I did. We, it was we, funny. Our, our youth group at church, we just terrorized all yep. the youth pastors.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. We toilet papered our forked, youth pastor. We
1: forked a yard. Yep. Velvet, Velvita, sliced cheese on his car, Oreos.
0: We did kitty litter for some reason. We thought that was funny. Like we saran wrapped the whole car, then put kitty litter on it. Why was that funny? I think it was because it was cheap.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you had to go by what you had. The looks, you, the looks you would get going to the uh, Walmart <laughs> or the the grocery store at ten o'clock right. at night and buying yeah. like you know the jump like seven jumbo packs of sure. toilet paper.
0: Hey guys, we just we just and the the constant joke. Every time was we just ate Mexican and thought that that like cleared us like like they actually bought it. They knew what was going to happen.
2: Mm.
0: It was just not. We weren't so sly as we thought we were.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, good times. All right. So let's go into our hot topics brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you want a great cigar at a reasonable price, check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. Um, all right. So you wanted to talk about the SAT Adversity score. Here's our disclaimer so that uh, no one is held responsible.
1: All right, here we go. Go ahead, SAT adversity score. So I, I'm, I'm not sure who's all following this, but I have been. Um, so last week, the College Board, the College Board is the organization that administers the SAT. Mm-hmm. Uh, SAT is a, 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 a test. Standardized. Yeah, standardized, yeah, test. um That... You know, I guess what juniors and seniors Mm -hmm. take um, for basically entrance into college or trade school or um, technical school, things like Mm -hmm. that. They it gives an assessment, and I believe it's eight hundred. A perfect score is sixteen hundred. I believe. Yeah. They do eight hundred for math and eight hundred for reading comprehension. I believe.
0: For the record, for those people that are playing at home, my score was four and a half.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mine was Yahtzee. But um, <laughs> you yeah, see, so this college board who administers the SAT has now decided to, um, you know, I think, you, I, I'm not sure if it's an urban legend or actually true, but you, you, I was always told you get 400 just for signing your name.
0: Well, yeah, I didn't complete that process either.
1: <laughs> but uh, anyway, so now this SAT board or the college board is now adding Fifteen factors, and they're calling this the adversity score. Mm-hmm. So this adversity score, they will take a look into uh, three separate uh, environments, uh, home, neighborhood, and school. Mm-hmm. So they will be taking in effect um, at home, I guess, your uh, income level, mm-hmm. uh, your, if you're from a single-parent home, two-parent home, or different oh, type wow. of – It goes uh, into yeah, that. Different, different – uh, uh, different living arrangement arrangements, things like that. Mm. Um, neighborhood, I would neighborhood, assume. Neighborhood, uh, that's part of that also. Mm. Uh, neighborhood will have things like socioeconomic also, crime sure. rate. Um, if there's any food deserts, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there's there's all kinds of things, but these 15 mm. factors will now play a part. Um, assigning people, all right, well, little Johnny got an 800, but he probably could have gotten a 1,200 if he would have been in said neighborhood down the street, two blocks down the road. mm mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so what, what's your thoughts on this uh, going forward?
0: Uh, and I read a little bit of the article because it was too long. I, I gave up halfway through. Um, so you had
1: some adversity and you didn't live up.
0: Sure, yeah. 100%. So to be clear, on the adversity score, I actually read the whole article. Mm. But uh, in non-adversity, I only read half of it. Um, <laughs> I could kind of understand the process. Um, to have a little bit of background of where these kids are coming from. With that said, I think that the schools that are – because I think they're all going to – it's all going to apply for the SATs, right? So colleges have the choice of either, either looking at it or not. Um, it's not necessarily playing into all the colleges. They can they can choose what they want to do with it or not. Um, so I don't – So and, and so I can kind of understand, you know, that part – the other part is I also want to hold stand, so hold tight to the standards that we already have. So, for example, women going into the military, I'm okay with that if everybody is on the same level and on the same page. So if if your standard is for a guy, he has to do—I'm just making numbers up—50 pull-ups, then the woman also has to do 50 pull-ups. You know, they've got to be judged by the same structure, and I think the same thing is with education— that if if the standard is 800 to get into that college that you should be able to make 800 on on the SAT to get Mm -hmm. into the college i do understand where people are ultimately uh you know behind the curve if they're coming into an environment that's that's not good they got bad schools some of those things aren't the kids particular fault um you know it's hard to study if you don't have food in your stomach, and you haven't had food in your stomach in two days, or you've got to watch your siblings. Dealing with a case now where dude's got to watch three of his siblings, and he's struggling just to get done with school, because he's got to deal with all that crap when he gets home. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have time to do homework. He's dealing with, you know, siblings and whatnot.
1: So So should the score... So, if a college is looking at two kids, mm-hmm. and you, I, I don't know what this score will look like. It could sure. be like, it could be color based. I don't, for all I know. <laughs> I mean, We're at red level. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, you know, let's just say it's on a scale of one to 10, mm-hmm. one being zero versus 10 being the highest. Yeah. So, you have two, two candidates, you know, mm-hmm. come in, and one of them has, you know, a 900 with a zero adversity score or one yeah. per adversity score. And then you have someone who has a seven but has, you know, a, an eight or nine on the adversity score. Should that adversity score take part in the determination if we're going to allow that student into the school?
0: Um, I, I don't think that it should. Mm-hmm. I think I think that people can at least look at it as a, as, a you know, if you've got two kids that have 700s, you know, and, and maybe one kid has an adversity score of – you know, five and the other one has a diversity score or ad- adversity score of nine, mm-hmm. but they're both at a 700, maybe you can say, well, that kid, you know, is dealing with more things at home, but he's got it, the same SAT score. You know, if things are, are comparable on your SAT score, but your adversity score may be a little higher, then I would take the adversity score kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they made the same SAT score. Mm-hmm. Does
1: that make sense? No, no, I agree. I, okay. I can kind of agree with that. Um I just wish things would be based off of merit because, you know, I, I, I'll i be honest with you, mm. if I got to go in for neurosurgery, I don't want someone who had an SAT score of 1,400 sure. or a, a, a 1,200 and they had an adversity score of 10, which bumped them up, versus the guy who had a 1,600 SAT and had a zero. I'd rather yeah. have that guy. The, I want quality all day long. I mean, sure, and, and also the, I think um, how, uh, sometimes I wish we could free – Free live, and my tongue would probably get in the in the way sometimes, but <laughs> but I think it's horse crap because um this isn't the real world. You go to a job application, you yeah. have two people who just uh who who apply for the same job, you look for the people that have quality characteristics that you want for your your employee right you're not gonna look at some stinking adversity score saying oh well I, I guess I gotta hire. Uh, Johnny here because you know Tony here uh, has had it better you want the best quality employee for your for your your nature this isn't the real world
0: and i understand that but you also got to think these kids are growing up in an environment that more than likely is not their fault that they they're dealing with more horse crap than than some of the mm-hmm. others that they're already behind the eight ball on on numerous issues mm-hmm. that they're they're not getting the fair shake going into it they're already on, you know, they're in the dugout. While some kids are already on first base, so I think that everybody, if if everything was perfect and everybody had an equal opportunity, then this adversity score is crap, you know, completely crap. But I think that we don't live in the perfect world, and there are people that are just struggling just to put, you know, just to eat, you know, I that are just they're just trying to eat, and right. much less trying to study. So maybe give them a break. Like, what if this kid that has a 9 on their adversity score goes to a college that he's able to get food and he's able to learn and he's able to apply himself and turns out to be, you know, an, a, the um, the best neuro, neurosurgeon on the planet? Sure. We don't know that, but it's not fair to that kid that is has got an adversity score of 9, you know, versus, you know, a kid that's been given everything his whole life and just, you know, flops through and just says, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to go to college. I don't think that – I think that that kid that's trying, that really wants to to pursue and and do better for his life, should be given that opportunity to do so. Now, does that mean that they should automatically get into college? I mean, that's a whole other subject. But, you know, they should be given a a chance if that opportunity is there. I think um,
1: this has the potential to be – things like this start out with great intentions. Always, right, but they always get turned into something sure. highly politicized, and one hundred percent. So that. Uh, you look at affirmative action. Mm-hmm. Okay, affirmative action um, had was a, a a plan that the government implemented to make sure that employers were hiring. Um, I guess race based, mm-hmm. you know to put it politely, race-based um, employing practices right. where um, you had to have a certain ratio or whatever to men, women, black, Hispanic, white. Um, that's not necessarily the best way to go at because you you may have an abundance of candidates that come in that are super qualified, mm-hmm. but you if you don't fill your quota, then you might be penalized. I mean, sure. so, you know, <clears throat> the great uh, – I, I know people that have been directly affected by – uh, affirmative action back in the 80s. My father-in-law, a couple lawyers I know, a couple of guys I know in broadcasting. I mean, mm. these are people that were affected. They were not allowed to be hired because at the time they had to fill an uh, uh, affirmative action quota. So um, who, who's who's to say that maybe if they would have gotten in, they would have been better off too. I mean, yeah. we, we can't predict the future, but sure. um, I, I just don't. Life isn't fair. This is a you know the I survival, agree. survival of the fittest. I mean, yeah. if you got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't. I mean, you could have uh, a, a adversity score of zero and a million bucks in the bank and and end up penniless in two years. Nothing that adversity score does not speak to the individual and what they're going to do in the future and how they handle um, the education, the life experience, and things like that. I, th- I think this is just uh, another uh, a way of politicizing. Um, Economic diversity Like we can do something about that Like Mm. if you know we all of a sudden Just said right, everyone in America Is going to make $50,000 a year No matter if you're a a bucket A bucket washer or The lead uh, transplant surgeon in Everybody's going to make $50,000 I mean that's ultimately Their end game goal is for us all to be (laughs) Being paid by the government so And them regulating everything Uh, I just think that this has a This has a this has the potential to being strictly abused, and talking about the standard fitness, you know, the for women, yeah. um, you know, if they did lower the standards like in military, you know, then the then the you know the next president who comes in, you know, decides to lift the uh, the transgender ban. ban. Mm-hmm. What if all of a sudden you have an influx of transgender women, who, you know, trying out for Navy you know, Seal Team Six or whatever, and you know, to be on Seal Team Six, maybe it's a hundred push ups and 50 for women do mm. the transgender women fall which which category do they fall in I, yeah. you know I, I believe in flat standards i don't believe in having a standard sure. for one person and then a standard for that i think you know especially like military you want the yeah. elite of the elite people that are going go to go into fight you don't yeah. want uh well i guess we need to fill our affirmative action quota here yeah you know i mean
0: and i and i can understand that i just i i know for you know just dealing with foster kids and and seeing another side of things that probably I wouldn't have normally is we're not all on the equal playing field going into public schools
1: we're, we're just but we'll never be in the equal playing ground at, ever i mean ever
0: right but it's not that kid's
1: fault you oh, know no, no, I'm not, I'm, and look, it's yeah it's definitely not his fault and at so all.
0: i think that there needs you know do your adversity score but maybe look at how how can we make education more equal at the beginning and then you don't even have to deal with that, you know, clarify that like, how do we, how do we make like inner city schools more effective or more productive? How do we make um, sure that the, the the kids are getting enough food that, that we're training their parents how to become better parents? Like, how do we, you know, how do we take that to the next level and make it, we're not just dropping your kids off at school as, you know, a babysitter for eight hours, but how do we make home and education um, congruent? And how do we make the the parents, you know, effective, more effective parents?
1: Problem is, we can't. I don't care what government program that we ever develop, how much money we sink into it, it'll never happen. It just you can't make you can't change the direction of the way this this Earth spins around its axis. Sure. You know, you can't make sure kids, all kids have food. You know, you can't make sure all kids have this uh, equal learning environment. That's the reason why we have standard standards now for schooling. Every school kid gets the same curriculum. You know, you don't have, like, first grade learning, you know, some of them learning multiple, multiplication and division, and the others right. are learning... You know, how to work with Play Doh. That's the reason why we have, you know, that's the reason why we, you know, taxpayers, we love the Department of Education and we love the school districts. Everybody has the same playing field. Now, how it gets passed down is totally different. You know, I mean, your, your classes at,
0: you know, Cabarrus High School is going to be different than Mecklenburg County, you know, in the also. inner city.
1: They're they're getting the same. They're getting the same. They have the same standards of what has to be taught that year. They do, Mm -hmm. but
0: you're you have way more. And and I'm assuming. So forgive me if this is wrong, but I would assume you have way more distractions in an inner city school than you do in a suburban school. You have to deal with much more um, disruptions, problems, problem kids, Mm -hmm. issues falling asleep than you would in a suburban school. That's my assumption. I could be completely wrong, but that's that's what I would think would.
1: But once again, logically, be yeah. No, and you're you're probably a hundred and million percent right. There's probably a lot more factors to distraction of learning, uh, from disciplinary to, uh, you know, certain people were probably passed along to the next grade just because they yeah. they didn't want to see them in that grade yeah. again, and they're they're behind. I mean, there's probably a lot of that going on. But that's what happens when you allow the state to solely take over. The state has a monopoly on education. Yeah, I mean, and I love it. People that are so, so are, you know, pa- uh, teachings our passion. You know, I, I love this. We want to. We want the state and the government to mandate our standards. We want all the education to be in the state's hands, and then all of a sudden, this is the result we get, and we're like, well, something more has going to be done. Well, yeah. no, nothing more has to be done. Number one, we are graduating kids at alarming rates who don't need to be graduating kids yeah. that need to be held back to 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 start over uh I, it's parents we take an active participation just like you do in your foster kid mm. we take an active participation in our kids in our kids education is this is it more than some kids probably not is it more than others i'm sure mm. like you know we have uh families in our in our in our daughter's classes who their parents make them go home and do you nightly practice drills and things like that. Does my daughter get a better adversity score because we don't? I mm. mean, yeah, you know, it, a good point. I, I just, I, we, I, I've seen the videos where, you know, hey, if you have two parents, take two, two steps forward. If you have a parent who has a job, take another. Mm. I understand all All the kids have no controlling factor or controlling method of the starting line of where they're placed in life. Right. Okay. I, I totally get that. And um, just like that kid has no control of themselves if they encounter um, sexual molestation, or cancer, or, or tragedy of losing a parent. There's there's things that we cannot control in yeah. our life, um, but those things, I, if if they're rooted right, can actually lead to a stronger human being. I mean, yeah. I don't want. i I mean, how many how many millionaire stories do you hear of someone who didn't even have a pot to piss in, or even the toilet paper to fling it on? And they end up, you know, employing thousands of people, or there's some wise investor. We <laughs> <laughs> much less than the other people that are,
0: you know, in jail and yeah. and or you know flipping burgers.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we automatically assume that um, some, you know, I shouldn't say we. There's a lot of people out there who uh, who assume that if you grow up in a uh, a poverty stricken area with one parent and you go to a school that uh has a you know graduation rate of eighteen percent that you're not gonna make it. We automatically assume that. And we feel like we have to be the nannies of that. Yeah. We don't. Sometimes, you know, th- and also throwing more money at these situations don't yeah. make it better. That's where it ultimately ends up to. Yeah.
0: All right. So we are going to take a break and when we come back, we will have uh Gary Moore. He is a flying instructor, private pilot And what I've been told, CIA agent, but I'm not confirming or denying that. All right. Thank you for listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We'll be right back. All right, we are back and you are listening to The Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. This week we have in studio Gary Moore. Gary is a flying instructor, a private pilot, and he has been cleared to buzz the tower. We're excited to have him on the show. Gary, welcome to The Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast.
3: Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Of Glad course. to be here. Yeah. Also, also a commercial pilot, not just private.
0: Oh, let let me let me put that in my notes there. Check. Commercial. <laughs> so you actually do the commercials yourself? Or you have somebody else doing for you.
3: Any, any way I can talk and make money? You know.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, no, so,
3: the, the commercial part just means I can make money flying an airplane. Okay, not just with the airlines. That's all that means.
0: Okay, so I want to get into it. But how did you we get? Will. How did you get started flying? What, like, what? At what point did you say this is what I want to do for the rest of my life?
3: That was about three years ago when I thought about changing careers after managing a veterinary clinic for about 14 years and I said it's time for something different and started to go back into IT and I talked to a couple of people in interviews and they looked at me cross-eyed you haven't done database management in 15 years <laughs> we don't think you know how to do that anymore
1: things might have changed a bit huh yeah
3: where's a floppy disk go? <laughs> hey now <laughs> you're talking my age now um, and And so, I had my private pilot's license, and I said, "You know it's time to do what I want, yeah, and so I had to invest uh, a good amount of time uh, most of most of twenty fifteen I spent going uh from the progression of being a private pilot all the way through a flight instructor, commercial pilot, instrument rating, and all that um, and Part of the credibility of getting a job in the aviation world is how many hours you fly. It's not It's not the degree. It's not just having a certificate. It's how many hours have you flown. In. Okay. People might have heard, you've got to have 1,500 hours before you can be an airline pilot. Well, there it is. They want you to have a whole lot of experience. Just an hour of flying here and there doesn't really give you the um, breadth of experience. Sure. And um, so a lot of people build their hours flight instructing. And after, I really wanted to do that. Uh. Um, and not do anything else. That okay. was my first desire. Was because I love teaching, and teaching somebody how to fly is really cool. Hmm. Um, you know, because y- you watch them get their wings anywhere between three months to I don't know, a year and a half for some people. Wow. And after a while, okay, the money isn't that great. For flight instructing, sure. and All these other opportunities started coming up. The airline shortage, um. And the, and the salary started going up at the airlines. Mm. It used to be uh, eight years ago you could have 1,200 hours, 1,500 hours of flying time be ready for the airlines, and you'd get a job, and, they, and you would have invested 100 grand getting all this experience. Oh wow. And they would pay you twenty five thousand dollars a year. Oh man. That was the starting salary. Well now what, it's more a like college education? Yeah. <laughs> um, and now it's more like sixty. So it's it's way more attractive to people. Sure. And as I started to look at opportunities, I thought, you know, if I go to the airlines I have to retire in at sixty five. Mandatory retirement oh. in the airlines. And I said, Well, let's look at corporate and charter jobs and see what I can do there. And so that's that's how i got to my present position the the main paying job is a corporate and, and charter pilot and then still instruct on the side because wow. that, that's that's the fun part right that's now. that's where your
1: heart is
0: that's where your passion is but, but the other one kind of pays the bills but you, the other you one really, really the enjoy teaching people how to fly
1: absolutely it's probably less risky teaching uh students how to uh, get down from the gr- uh, air safely to the ground than it is probably teaching a uh, math class in a 12th grade, <laughs> for 12th grade students in high school around here, I
3: bet. Well, yeah, there could be some risk in the classroom with all the stuff that we've heard going on in classrooms, but um, it, if they have some decent skills, it's not too risky, but if they're not very skilled, Oof. the risk goes up. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: When you're teaching people, when when you take off, do you before you take off, do you have to put On top of your plane, student flyer, or there's no distinguishing (laughs) mark. No, there's none of that. Okay, (laughs) that would be (laughs) funny.
3: No, and and you know one of the one of the hallmarks of getting your private pilot's license, which is the first step, is your first solo. And especially if you're here at a place like Concord, here they have a control tower. There's a lot of places that don't have that. You send your student off, and and the person in the control tower thinks it's a regular pilot. He has, unless you've talked to him ahead of time, he has no clue that this is that pilot's very first time all by himself. Oh, wow. Um, But, you know, part of the instructing part is I have to be confident that I've given them all those skills, that they can do whatever that controller might ask them to do in Mm. any situation. So um, the the controllers don't really worry about that either.
0: How many hours do you have to have before you do your your solo? Or does that kind of... Oh, vary that, on th-
3: that really varies. Um, wow. I have had one student that was ready to solo. He soloed after flying with me for seven hours. Wow. He was, Whoa. He wow. was good. I mean, he he didn't want to do the homework. You know, <laughs> he was he was nineteen, I think. He just graduated high school. Oh my gosh. And and he understood the airplanes, but doing the paperwork and the homework, nah, he didn't want to do that. Yeah. He, he was good to solo. Uh, and then I have had uh, other people that haven't soloed even after 35 hours.
2: Mm.
0: So it's 35 true. is a long, time that's a long time to go without your solo. Yeah.
3: Typically, that's 12 or 15 hours of flying the first time. Wow. Yeah.
0: Man, I don't, I'd, I'd be so scared. I you wouldn't know what flying? I'm doing. Yeah.
1: Listen, yeah. It's kind of like the first yeah. time you drove a car with you know, on the highway or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you get – I know it's a little different, but I'm – you, new experiences like that you're kind of nervous
3: but i mean it becomes second nature too yeah and you know the people that get in trouble are the ones that panic yeah and, and there's, forget there's what their one. training was but if if you just go by okay here's what i learned i do in this situation and the solo works out okay and they don't they don't let you do that on a windy day. Oh, yeah. I
0: still tense up when I go through the drive through and I'm not quite sure what I know what I want, and I, like, freak out. I'm like, just give me the whole thing. I quit. <laughs> or I just drive off. I do not handle
3: pressure well. That racks up the bill. <laughs> sure, it does. Exponentially.
0: You just drive off. Don't pay for it. Um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about chartering. So that's a completely different thing. How does the chartering process work?
3: Um, so, so charter is for those people that want um, the luxury of a lot of seating, uh, and to get someplace that they can't get normally in a short amount of time with the airlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to Peachtree to Cab, you know, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you can get there from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You can drive four hours. You can drive down to Charlotte, get in an airplane. The airplane ride takes you 45 minutes, but TSA and all that takes you another two hours. Yeah. That's the drive. If you, if you charter an airplane, you're hiring an airplane and a pilot that's qualified in that airplane, usually has um, lots of simulator experience, gets checked out every six months to make sure they're mm-hmm. good to fly with that company. And you show up at the airport, you show your ID, and you get on the plane and you go. Wow. And so, like, uh, 50 minutes later, I'm down in Atlanta with those people, and they haven't spent two and a half hours doing something they don't want to do. Nice. Uh, go through TSA and take off their shoes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Holy shit, that is all they did
1: to me <laughs> every time I fly. It's, <laughs> just, it's the pat down and everything. Every I time. think they
0: like it, to be honest with you. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so, but who's the most – famous person you've had on a charter or can you say
3: i i think i can say he's a public figure the the um andy roddick oh uh, wow former former pro tennis player got to got to take him down to uh over to tennessee and down to georgia nice uh, recently uh i've heard heard he's a nice guy he was a nice guy Mm, he seems like
0: a nice guy <laughs> from from Tommy Blatt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, someone no. ran.
1: I think someone ran into him in a restaurant nearby here, and they just said he was very,
3: very humble. And very you that know. that could be. I mean, yeah. he's got friends here in Charlotte.
0: Who who's who's he married to?
3: Mrs. Roddick, Miss Hottie. I mean,
1: I'm, all tennis players have hottie wives.
0: So. Yeah, somebody <laughs> look that up for us. Cause, <laughs> and then, well, I know. Um, that's awesome. And Andy Roddick, did he didn't have a tennis. No, they
3: had golf clubs.
0: How about it? I bet he'd
3: be he, good at golf too.
0: Who knows? Who, who,
3: I mean, they're look, tall.
0: You're Andy Rod. You don't care if you're good or not. <laughs>
3: he, he made his millions earlier. And oh he's, wow, he's Brooklyn Decker.
0: There it is. I knew
1: it.
3: What a name. She's a she's a McHottie.
0: All right, you need to put your phone down, Chief. before yeah, don't.
3: Show me wow. That. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Moving on. Um So, what what is the best part of your job? Either flight instructor. Or, or uh, charter pilot, what is the best part?
3: The best part of the job, Mm -hmm. um, with um, okay, outside of the flight instructing, uh, with the charter and corporate pilot, I get to go to lots of places. Mm. Uh, I've now been to the Bahamas three different times and got to stay for four days, you know, fly down, have a couple of days all to myself, uh, and enjoy the. Enjoy the water and the, the food and the sun down there and then uh, come back. So that's, that's the great places. And then there's Oshkosh, Wisconsin in the middle of January when it's, I don't know, 20 degrees Fahrenheit and three feet of snow. So uh, that's not so great part. But the new places with the job. Uh, with the flight instruction, um, it's watching the students uh, get work through what they want to and, yeah. and get their certificates. But the best part of flying is aerobatics. That oh, that's the ticket. That's what? that's the fun. Is that and the de loops? And yeah, the loop de loops, the oh, rolls, gosh. the, the up, going up, and you know, looking like you're losing control, but you're in total control. <laughs> um, taking an airplane, yeah, yeah, okay. Everybody's seen Top Gun. Take, sure, hit the edge of the envelope, beyond the envelope. Okay, well. Even without aerobatics, you can take a plane to the edge of its performance. Mm. You can't you can take a car there, but not safely on the road because right. if you go past the edge in a car, you've mangled somebody or yourself. Yeah. And you know, with an airplane, you can take it right up to the edge and maybe a little bit beyond and you're still gonna come out okay. Oh wow. Um, but with aerobatics it's all about performance and energy management. So you get to Go, do loops and go straight down. After you've done aerobatics, roller coasters nothing. Oh any, sure. Any, any roller sure coaster know. you you know top <laughs> top fuel up at uh, uh, Cedar Cedar Point mm-hmm. nothing.
0: Sure. Well, because you know at the end of the day that you're gonna you're gonna get off that ride. it's, a con- yeah, it's a safely controlled,
3: controlled situation. Right. <laughs> yeah. The airplane hey, maybe it's controlled in the airplane.
0: <laughs> but what? But you see, like you see in the news, like the, these little charter planes just. You know something happens, and you know they crash and 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 burn like is that as frequent i mean I, I see it in the news you know pretty regular, but it's still got to be very safe
3: it is it is really safe and and for the most part, small planes even single engine planes are really safe uh they rarely rarely have catastrophic catastrophic breakups like the wings falling off mm-hmm. sometimes it's an engine um Malfunctioning or running out of gas mm. which which is poor planning okay. most most of the small plane crashes that you hear about are poor planning ah. um, there there was a an airplane that took off from Salisbury uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it turned out that it was a uh, not it was a student pilot that had no he was going over to Kentucky he oh. had absolutely no legal right to go over to Kentucky his instructor hadn't endorsed him but he had the keys to the airplane. Hey, and he and he could go. take off. It 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 crashed next to the runway. Oh
0: no. It had
3: low clouds. He didn't have an instrument rating, you know. He just he just messed up. Oh wow. So most of what you hear about is not the airplane but the pilot that is Copy. making well, see,
1: mistakes. also every airplane accident is also reported. Just imagine if we did that on the scale of car wrecks. Oh, gosh, that is yeah. true. I mean, you, yeah, you'd have a channel. You'd that. have a channel just
3: dedicated to automobile, automobile accidents. So, yeah, no, that's yeah. a good point. I think. So, so they get a, they're newsworthy. Yeah, you know, it's, it it's bleed, a big if thing. it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. That is so right.
0: I saw a video of a guy where both of his engines just stopped. It was a YouTube, and uh, it just stopped, and he just glided that thing down landed it perfectly you I know, was just shocked
3: you know people think that okay you lose the engine you can't go anywhere you just became a glider mm-hmm. i mean and and then it's just energy management. i'm just going to yell out if i ever do that i'm going to yell out uh, in the
1: spirit of sully
0: <laughs> 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 i think the problem is is i watch too many uh of the cartoons where they just stop and then they fall straight down yeah. i don't think that you can still glide his wily coyote that just drops war, right down. Part
1: of World War Two is managed by gliders. We, <laughs> we helped uh, win the you know we won the war through gliders too. So just dropping troops in across uh, enemy lines. Yeah.
3: So. so so once in a while I get to take people up for an orientation ride. They 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 think they might want to pursue their pilot's license, mm-hmm. um, and I get to take them up for an hour. We go see Lake Norman and um, see the countryside, fly over their house if if it's yeah. close by, uh, and that's always newsworthy, and. For the ones that display a little bit of, um, I don't know, they're not too reticent or not too reluctant to be up there, I'll mm-hmm. go, well, so what do you think happens if the engine shuts off? And they go, uh, we drop like a stone. Well, I don't turn the engine off, but I take it to idle, mm-hmm. no, no power. And I go, we're still flying. Yeah. You know, so all of a sudden the light bulb goes off yeah. for those people. Yes, it still flies.
1: It's like if, oh, a, if a bird stops flapping wings, does it drop? You know, automatically. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen a bird just like at the beach, you know, and just sit there and not flap a wing for yeah. half an hour, but they just still ride the air. They air. Just exactly.
0: Yeah, it. To be honest, and I've said this before on the show, like flying and the plane taking off is still voodoo magic to me. I don't understand the physics of it.
1: I think I think I'm it, just it still is magical for me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still magical for a lot of people. I mean, just because how you could put force and just a a, a degree of an angle. You know this this object and lift a plane full of people. That's still mm-hmm. magical. You know, sure. I mean, yeah, eighty
3: thousand yeah. pounds, yeah, with
1: defying gravity each time you do it. Now How many times is it done a day now? I mean, quite a few. Yeah. I mean, it it's still magical. I mean, we've all had toy planes and things like that growing up. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand the science, but I also don't I don't know I don't want to know how they make the hot dogs either, and the plants <laughs> either. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna that, eat it. That so. part you don't yeah, want to yeah, see. Yeah.
0: Does it get to the point where it's just like you said earlier? Like it just becomes like driving a car. You know, you pardon the the pun, but you just kind of go into autopilot.
3: Close. Yeah, it, it it's close. But for every flight that you do, you want to plan what you're doing, right? Because we want to plan to succeed. We as a <laughs> sure. pilot, the last thing we want to do is plan <laughs> to fail, and most people don't want to plan to fail. But right. if you don't plan something, mm-hmm. um, you're setting yourself up for failure. So. Yeah, it, it becomes uh, straightforward and something you can do without thinking about too much, but you still have to put some thought into every flight that you do. Got gotcha. you. I mean, I, I do a lot of flights now where I just go to Charleston. I I, I take off out of yeah. Salisbury, go to Charlotte, pick the people up, take them down to Charleston, come back, and it's it's easy. But not every flight's the same because the weather's different, mm-hmm. all that. So yeah. you have to look at what you're going to do each day.
0: Sure.
1: Sure. What's some of the worst weather conditions? I think out there, that, especially here, here at the south or whatever. I guess you see you fly all over, but is it rain? Is it the uh, you know snow? I mean, what what are some of the worst weather conditions to
3: thunderstorms? Thunderstorms. Because you have the
1: the hot and cool air mixing and coming up from the ground and things like that. I guess. Yeah, you
3: you've got such incredible air currents that are, that are going up um, six thousand feet a minute mm-hmm. or down six thousand feet a minute, and so much turbulence. Yeah. The, those things can rip an airplane apart. I'm sure. Mm. Um, so even the airlines avoid that. We just don't go around them. Right. We, we had a big storm system coming up um, out of the the Gulf about three weeks ago, and mm. somebody wanted to go to Mississippi, and I said, "We we can't get there unless we go to Pennsylvania and then back down." And he said, "Okay." Hmm. So make, make complete, it yeah. Um, ice, and ice comes in the form uh, even without thunderstorms. Uh, just uh, where you might have rain well way up uh, before it gets into warmer air and becomes rain, it might be ice, and that gets on the airplane. Um, So most airplanes that are what we call cabin class, big enough for people to sit in the back and have a dedicated cockpit, not just four seats clumped together, most of those have de-ice systems. uh, And we still try to avoid ice. But ice is not a friend, I would imagine. Nope, it adds weight weight and robs lift what do you what do you think of the new green deal with no airplanes that's gonna put you out of job <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't heard that part of the green deal
1: oh yeah I, they want to go to speed, that one uh, speed train that was the that was the uh alexandria ocasio-cortez plan they uh, part of it was a, they wanted to do the high speed rail um and eliminate planes so which, yeah which the yeah.
0: representative from, from hawaii said this is not going to work out
3: well
1: for us <laughs> 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 the interstates hey. yeah right
3: yeah, and and just imagine the first person that finds a way to to hop into the tunnel, yeah. and stop the train when it's doing two hundred miles. Oh, an hour. that's right. I oh, you know, didn't even think about that. So it's great, but eh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. A,
0: what uh, you mentioned going to the Bahamas? What's a normal like a flight for you? So if you pick somebody up on a, on a charter. What do you do while they're kind of doing their thing? You said that you just kind of chill out and hang out in that that city or whatever, and, and get some time to
3: yeah. Explore. Um, so for a corporate and charter pilot, most of the time, if we if we've got a day trip, um, we take them to the airport, uh, and we might be there for six eight hours maximum. Okay. Um, occasionally longer. At at some of the of the larger airports, they have a crew car for us. I could rent a car if I wanted to, but mm. basically, I've got a stay close to the airport close to the airplane because they can change their mind and say hey we're going to be there two hours early which often happens so, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm right. at disney world right now <laughs> right <laughs> the teapot, so. I, i'm on the top of the roller coasters i'll be there in a couple uh <laughs> how about three hours can you change your plans for in traffic i'm stocking traffic yeah <laughs> yeah it doesn't work that way um and, and then if you've got overnight trips usually you get a a, a car gets provided so you can get around
0: gotcha yeah very cool. Um, what's you mentioned the Bahamas? Is there any other place that you either a you really want to go visit, or b that you you really enjoy? Here he this, is
3: Oshkosh, Wisconsin. He oh loves yeah. that place. You really <laughs> want to go back to that one? just know. Well, I mentioned Oshkosh because once a year they have the Oshkosh Fly-in, which lasts for two weeks, and. A several thousand planes oh, go wow. in and people camp under the wings and it's it's a big aviation expo it's the biggest one in the usa and it wow. might be the biggest one in the world huh. and they have air shows of different types every every time and it's a big airport they close down all but one runway um it's it's hard to get into but it's a whole lot of fun no hmm. i haven't been yet
0: Okay, wow. so that's,
3: that's on the bucket list. I, I've been to Sun and Fun, which is down in Florida, and that's close, per, for me, mm-hmm. that's close enough. Now, okay. if I have my own airplane, when if that day comes, mm-hmm. then uh, maybe I'll go up there and, and learn some more about different airplanes.
0: Nice. What kind of uh, plane do you normally fly? Um, I know the instructor one's going to be different than your charter. Yeah,
3: right? so most of the time I'm flying what's called a Pilatus PC-12. It's a single-engine turboprop. And that's a six-passenger, two-crew. Um, usually, it's only one pilot. We don't usually have two crew up up front. Um, but those six passengers can recline in a chair, put their feet up. Mm. The cocktail bars in the back, hey, little buddy. restroom. Um, we can go for five hours. We can put four thousand pounds in the airplane Check. if we want to. So to. roll. Really, really, really versatile. Um, and I said turboprop, so there's basically a jet engine that's turning the propeller okay um and that's good for lower altitudes and one or two hour trips you talk about a five hour trip you want a jet okay um so that's my main airplane that i'm flying uh for work um outside of that uh cessna 172s moonies pipers what people see in the news cirrus
1: very
0: cool any funny stories that that have come out of either the instructing part or the charter (laughs) part
3: (laughs) i was trying to think of those um so one, one story that uh, – there's a couple of them that were um, – I think people would find these funny. Um, one time I was taking the kids, just my boys, down to visit Grandma. We were up in Richmond, and they're down in Winston-Salem. And I, I pick them up from school, and I take them to Hardee's and get them a big meal. And my, my six-year-old or five-year-old then, he has this great big monster Sprite. And I say, okay, <laughs> let's get in the airplane. Dad doesn't think about bathroom breaks, you know. I'm not sure. thinking about them. Oh no! And and uh, fortunately, the the younger, the older one, he brought a Gatorade bottle, mm. and uh, the younger one's sitting up front, and it's at, it's at night, and it's already dark, and my five year old goes, "Dad, I gotta go." <laughs> we don't have bathrooms on a Cessna. Sure, not equipped. So I had to, you know. Pry the Gatorade bottle out of my older son's hand, mm-hmm. empty it out out the window, and say, "Here." Oh wow! Ap- after we got home from that trip, uh, my son would ask for a Gatorade bottle <laughs> so he could go outside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on!
0: I would have just let him open up the window and just let him go. Just fired off, fr- fired out there, chief.
3: Yeah, it's hard to uh, hard to move around like that, depending <laughs> on the window position. Sure. Um, Mm. Not really any other funny stories. Um, one time I was learning how to fly a uh, a tailwheel airplane. That's an airplane that has the middle wheel, not in the front, but in the back. So it's got two main gear around where you sit and, okay. a, whe- and a wheel all the way in the back. Okay. That's, okay. that's how they used to make airplanes. They call that a conventional um, gear. And it takes, a, it takes a certain certification because the weight, uh, the center of gravity is different on a tailwheel air, airplane. Anyway... I had an instructor, he was teaching me uh, this part, and um, we were going into an airport. I'd done a few landings, still getting used to the airplane and, and to his instruction. And he said, let's just follow that plane in for a landing. I said, okay, you know, instructor's in the back. I'm just going to do what he says. Mm-hmm. And I, As I was thinking... The airplane in front of us is slower than us, and we're landing. So we're, we're mm. coming in. We're catching up with him while, while he's landing. <laughs> oh, no. And the end result of landing is stopping and sure. turning off the runway. <laughs> well, we're coming in, and we're 100 feet off and getting 100 feet over the ground and coming and getting lower and lower. Oh, no. And this plane comes to a stop. He didn't even turn off. And I'm going, uh, it's time to go around. <laughs> Full power. Let's go. And I'm buzzing that airplane about 25 <laughs> feet over the top of it. And I'm sure the people in that airplane looked up and go, what the heck was that?
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: That, that's got to be. And then the, the, the man in the plane was like, do you have a Gatorade bottle? <laughs> <laughs> or a diaper? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I think we can forego the <laughs> Gatorade, Lug- Gatorade <laughs> bottle. Luckily, uh, yeah, luckily, I wore my brown pants today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gary, what is the process of getting your pi- pilot's license? like if if somebody wants to reach out to you and actually make this thing happen what do they do
3: so um the first thing is a desire to be a pilot mm. um and people do that for lots of different reasons they now for young people they want to be an airline pilot mm. uh, a lot of people still have that dream they've done a little bit of work in in class um they've got good grades and they say you know that's a good career lots of adventure flying airplanes um, or recreationally. I want to use it just to have fun, or I want to use it for personal travel. Mm. And, and there are a lot of business owners that have their own airplane, and they utilize that airplane to get them places quickly. Gotcha. Um, because it's very efficient to get from place to place. So the the process, there's several um, certification steps that you have to go through. Okay. The first step that everybody has to do is get their private pilot's license. Okay. And typically... You learn to fly a single-engine propeller plane that's two or four seats. You know, it's not very heavy. It, it can go for, you know, three, four, five hours. Um, you can learn all the basics with that. Okay. Become very proficient at flying in what we call visual conditions. If you can see the ground, you can go fly as a private pilot. Okay. And you can go to any airport. You could even fly to Charlotte. You know, a lot of people say, you know, you can't take a little plane into Charlotte. Well, yeah, you can. <laughs> Not if it's real busy. They're going to say, stay away. Right. But if they're not busy, you can fly there. Huh. Um, the next step is to get your instrument rating. And that's probably the one of the more difficult ratings to get, but okay. one of the more crucial if you want to travel. Um, if it's cloudy, like this morning, the clouds were 1,000 feet off the ground. You legally can't fly very far you can legally fly with clouds a thousand feet off the ground but it's not very safe there's a Mm. lot of towers that poke up into the clouds okay you don't have any altitude if you have an engine failure so it's not very safe thing to do you can do it um so the next thing is to get your instrument rating and that allows you to fly in weather so Mm. if the clouds are low or you've got some rain or limited visibility you can use your instruments and go from airport to airport okay and and perfect just as safe as going in visual conditions once you learn that so then, you've gained those really good skills.
0: You mean you can't just fly up there and then turn on your Google Maps and just let it take you there?
3: You can. <laughs> <laughs> One, not legally, and sure. you know the, the, the. Well, you asked about the risk. Probably the the single most uh, killing incident is. Uh, private pilot that's not instrument rated mm-hmm. thinking he can oh. fly into the clouds okay the visibility gets really low I got you get chief. spatially disoriented within about a minute hmm. and and then you go into a spiral dive and you become you become a statistic like John F Kennedy Jr because hmm. that's exactly what happened to him Is that spatial it? disorientation and it happens in a in a heartbeat
0: it's like the bermuda triangle of flying
3: yeah, but that but we know what's happening there. <laughs> sure, <laughs> not in the, not in the triangle. Right, um, and then you got to get your commercial certificate. Okay, and to get that, you've got to have flown at least 250 hours. You don't have to have your instrument rating, but it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And after your commercial pile, after you get that commercial rating, then you can start making money. Um, okay. There's not many jobs because you're not very experienced. Um, but you can be a banner tow pilot. You can be a parachute uh, jump pilot. You know, take people up and down all mm-hmm. day long. Um, the fun there is racing the parachutists down to see <laughs> if you can land before <laughs> they get down, um, and build your hours. Okay. Uh, after that, you you can become a flight instructor if you want to. You can get your multi engine rating, so you can fly uh, two engine or more airplanes. Okay. Uh, and after that, to become an airline pilot, you have to get your airline transport pilot certificate and that's that's then a big step you have to go to ground school you have to be in a simulator that simulates something like small regional jets okay. uh before you can even take the written test then you can take a written test and a check ride in say a jet and you become an air airline transport pilot then you can work for the airlines
0: wow that's a long process yeah
3: yeah you have to have 1500 hours uh to get that far so you've that's three years
0: wow yeah when do you get the nickname and the helmet with the nickname on it? At what point is that? Well, that's
3: when the guy comes to
1: your high school and says, Hey, <laughs> would you like to be in the Air Force? <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. man.
3: So, yeah, and, and you don't get to – somebody picks that name for you. Yeah, you of get, course. You don't get to pick your own call yeah, sign. Yeah,
0: that's what I – do you have your, a call sign? No. No. Man, we, nope. need, to, we need to get him one. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, last One of the last questions – have And this is serious, as serious as I could be. Have you seen any UFOs up there?
3: Yeah. All right. Absolutely. For real? I didn't know what they were, so they're on a UFO. Ah, got me. <laughs> you got me. Is that a plane or a jet? <laughs> probably,
1: probably balloons from uh, somebody's birthday party. Could, <laughs> oh, yeah. could,
3: could be a helium balloon with a light bulb inside. But
0: have you seen anything like strange? I go, no, what in the world?
3: No, I've seen I've seen a lot of comets, meteorites, mm. not comets, meteorites. I've seen a lot of those, uh, and because when you're up there on a clear night, and night times are wonderful to fly yeah. in. The, the winds are calmer; they're not turbulent. Um, the vista's totally different. Uh, but seeing meteorites come in That'd from cool. 140 miles away is really cool. Nice, nice.
0: The other question. Uh, Brandon had Mojo had was can he film a, a rap video in front of your jet
3: absolutely alright we got that one do, do you want the prop turning or not <laughs> I just gotta learn how to rap first <laughs> 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 well
0: we get, we can set it up so you have 15 hour, 1500 hours of, of rap teaching I, I
1: wanna can do yeah, yeah, I want to cert- say, certification
3: <laughs> I wanna see a real fast 2000 RPM rap song go keep, <laughs> keep pace with the propeller
0: <laughs> um so Gary, if somebody is interested in wanting to to learn how to fly, how do they get in contact with you, and how do they how do they make that happen?
3: Well, um, I still work with a uh, flight uh, school in uh, at Concord Regional Airport called Alpha One Air Service. Okay, they uh, have a, a newer airplane, a carbon fiber type. Uh, airplane which with new avionics so it's modern they also have a few older classic airplanes like a a piper they have a full-time instructor a couple of full-time instructors and some part-time instructors like me um and if you're just curious sign up and take an orientation flight lasts an hour costs 150 bucks 160 bucks something like that and you get to see, okay i can do this or not um and they can lead you through the ground school that's required and stuff like that. Um, it's it's an investment mm-hmm. to get your private pilot certificate. Is probably going to cost you anywhere from nine to twelve thousand dollars, maybe. Okay. Unless you're one of those that don't solo until you're at thirty-five hours, then it might cost you forty thousand.
0: Okay. <laughs> the quicker you learn, the cheaper it is.
3: The absolutely got and it. Pe- and people don't realize how crucial that is because. Mm-hmm. Uh, flying is a, um, expiring skill. Um, it, sure. it goes away and as you're learning those skills, you want to repeat them at least once a week. Mm. Uh, people that fly when they're learning to fly, if you go up, if you can go twice a week, find some way even at night to, to fly, your skills are going to stay up and you're going to be able to learn, build on those skills. But if you take uh, a year and a half and only fly once every other week, mm. uh, th- that's, you're not going to solo until much later. You're not going to get. You're you're going to spend fifteen twenty grand getting that license. Wow!
0: So yeah. you got to commit. If you're going to do it, you got to commit. Absolutely. Got it. Um. And and so they they get in contact with you by calling uh, Alpha One Air Alpha Service. Alpha One Air Service. Okay. Yep.
3: Awesome. And and they have a website. Okay. Just, just spell it like that.
0: We'll put the link out on our show notes so you can check it out there and. And uh, ask for do they ask for Gary?
3: They can they can ask for Gary. I'm probably not going to be available, but Matt's mm. there. He can help out. Okay. They have some good instructors, but they can ask for me and I can at least maybe do the or- orientation ride. Who knows? Awesome. Cool. Mention
1: Gary and your orientation rides only $200.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love Mojo.
0: Awesome. Well, Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it.
3: Wow, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so that was Gary. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I still, I still don't think he's telling me the truth about the UFOs, but I could be completely wrong. He
1: might be sworn to secrecy. He may be. All right, so that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Good. Please go to our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. dot com. You can also go to our Facebook page at Southern Fried Philosophy, our Instagram and Twitter is at the old at SFP Radio. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wow, I can't ever remember that one. Uh youtube.com forward slash SFP radio, our favorite way to connect, and that's how we how other people find us is please go to one of those podcast apps that you use. Um i iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Spotify, whatever who you use, just put in the old Southern Fried philosophy. Make sure you hit yep. the thumbs up, the heart, uh, subscribe, whatever it is. Um, give us a review also, rate us. Uh we'd really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, and don't forget our friends over there at States Vegas Radio. If you want to uh, download their app, you can get that uh, this week only. It's free. Uh, go Just, just for our the, listeners. Just for our listeners. Go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes Store, uh, download the States Vegas Radio app, and then we are on Mondays at uh, 6 p.m. and then again at Friday at 4 p.m. So you can check out our show there as well. We did get a message from an dot bound. Uh, on Instagram after we posted uh, our 100th episode. And I just want to give a shout-out. She said, you're all my favorite podcast. I look forward to hearing you every Monday. and just want to say thank you for the encouragement. Um, It's great to uh, get that feedback.
1: Thanks, Mom. I appreciate you finally posting. (laughs) I'm
0: (laughs) I'm still waiting for my dad to be a Patreon
1: subscriber one of these days. Does does he even know what podcasts are? No. Okay. He doesn't. But he listens every week. So, shout out to to the radio.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, keep looking up. This week on the Southern Fried Philosophy podcast, a brewery offers a reward for their stolen van. Figure out how long it's going to take to. This week on the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, a brewery offers a reward to find their stolen van. We talk about the SAT adversity score and our special guest, Gary Moore, flying instructor and commercial private pilot. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go.